0: Hey, God bless you. You're listening to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Anthony Wilson. The Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network is designed to equip, encourage, edify, and build up people to love God and love their neighbor as themselves. Now, you may have heard I have a brand new book out, The Hand of God. This book is to be used for a tool for individuals who are seeking to follow God's plan for their life. The emphasis is to read and study not just to read the book and finish it. You as a reader will need to take your time and open your Bible as you read through the pages of this book. I will be challenging your understanding of what the Bible says about success, fame, prosperity, and many other things that have become buzzwords and cliches in the Christian community. This book is loaded with scripture, so prepare yourself to read the word in context to get a deeper and more clear understanding of God's will for your life. Pick it up today at the Love Thy Neighbor podcast network at wordpress.com. You can pick it up or I will send it to you ebook free if you support this podcast. All you got to do is go to the Love Thy Neighbor podcast network at wordpress.com. And everything you need is there. I pray that you pick this book up because it is going to be powerful in your life. The Hand of God by Anthony Wilson. Now let's get ready for our episode today. God bless you. You are listening to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson. And the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network is a network designed to equip and encourage uh, the people of God to love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength and love their neighbor as themselves. As we... Fellowship and connect with other podcasters who love God and love their neighbor. We want to inspire, encourage, and empower you uh, to know the Word of God and to live a life that honors God. Today on Love Thy Neighbor, we have a a very special guest, uh, Pastor Lucas. Uh, Lucas uh, is a missionary pastor in Brazil. Um, He is the host of the Good Morning God uh, podcast. And Pastor Lucas believes that. The best thing about waking up is not coffee in your cup, but it's saying, God, what's up? What's going on, Lucas? How you doing, sir? <laughs> hey
1: there, Anthony. It is so great to be with you. Thank you so much for sharing my jingle with the world. You, you know you were supposed to sing that.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We don't, we, don't, we don't just say the jingle. We sing, <laughs> we we sing the jingle. old okay. Folgers, right? All right, um, yeah. i was a 90s kid, so I grew up with that. Yes,
1: yeah, sir. man, it is, it is great to be here with you, Anthony, and to connect with you. Uh, and just, just to share a a time of conversation and talking about Jesus, talking about life. And, uh, yeah, it's a privilege. So thanks for having me on.
0: Well, I'm definitely honored that you took the time. Um, I know we're in different parts of the world and we'll get into that, um, in a minute here, but I'm very appreciative, man. Um, um, tell me just a little bit before we get into any questions, um, about your podcast And how did you even come up with that? Uh, You know, in a place where you are, what made you decide to start podcasting?
1: (laughs) Well, it actually started a a few years ago when I was, you know, actually, it started a number of years ago when I started listening to podcasts, especially when I moved to the mission field, Um, kind of as a way to, to listen to sermons in English uh, to connect with some of my interests, like in movies or video games or different things. Um, I, I just started listening to podcasts. I hadn't done it very much prior to that, but in listening to podcasts, I started to kind of get the idea of, of actually doing a podcast someday. And, And at the time I didn't really know what that would look like or what that would mean. Um, and so what happened was, is I had some mutual friends and we wanted to start a podcast to talk about video games, talk about movies, entertainment, but do it from a more relational standpoint, and also uh, to just kind of connect to people and give an outlet for uh, sharing life with each other, because we recognize that through podcasting, it's a great outlet, as you know, already through, through your podcast and through the people you connect with, uh, you get to build relationships in a very different, unorthodox sort of way, but it's very effective to connecting with people who are maybe out on the fringes, maybe kind of doing their own thing uh that kind of thing. So, so I got into that through a podcast called the good morning guys podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's just me and a few other guys talking about the game of life, life, you know, and, and, uh, talking about games of course, and, and the game of life. Um, and then from there, I kind of wanted an outlet to share some devotional thoughts sometimes to focus a little more on Christ, his word, uh, the ways in which God speaks in and through our lives, through different contexts. Um You know, through different stories and and different experiences, and so I started another podcast that just is like a fifteen to twenty minute uh, devotional podcast called the good morning God podcast mm. and pretty much the good morning kind of was connected to the good morning guys and it 's just the idea that you know you start out every day if you start out every day with a good morning, whether it 's with God, with your friends in relationship, it just makes the whole rest of the day uh fantastic and really purposeful and and headed in a in a good direction so that's kind of the inspiration for the podcast and from there just kind of share a devotional thought read some scripture pray um and just really try to inspire people to dig deeper on their own and uh with with friends with family with their own church and that kind of thing so yeah nice the podcast
0: nice well i'm i'm thankful that you did because that's how we that's how we met um i actually checked yeah. out your podcast and was like wow This guy is living the life of a missionary. You know, it's one of those one of those things that, you know, you're like you hear about it and you you you'll talk about it. But to actually talk to someone who is willing to be open and just share, this is what it what it looks like. And and you're such a humble individual, (laughs) you know, um, it's easy to talk to you. It's easy to, you know, to to converse and get to know you. And so I think that's why I really wanted to bring you on and and connect with you uh, on the podcast. So again, thanks for for joining me, um, and we're gonna dive in. Um, so sounds
1: good. Why? I appreciate the the kind words, by the way. I appreciate hey, hey, no, the, it's the, the humbling I, words. Genuine. They're genuine. Uh, they're genuine. <laughs> but
0: yeah. They're genuine. So so let's start with this. Why did you become a missionary? Why? What what just made you do that?
1: <laughs> well my i i would say my experience of becoming a missionary was i would say it was more old testament than new testament okay. pretty much i told god what i didn't want to do and he said that's that's an interesting choice but we're going to do it anyways and you know i i became a christian when i was about 15 years old i was at a church camp i had that you know that 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 typical maybe somewhat typical for for people of our of our age, uh, in time period where you had a lot of altar calls, a lot of moments where a pastor would say time to make a decision. Yeah. And I got to that place where I was like, do I continue trying to, you know, find my own path or do I, do I give God a chance? And I chose him and I chose his path. I chose faith in Christ, put everything into, into him. And, and just, it was, it was like night and day. So many things changed. Um, And after a couple of years, I wasn't satisfied with just being a Christian and, you know, reading the Bible. uh, I felt like I needed to give more and to live it out more. And so I gave him my career. I said, God, I want to, I don't want to just follow you on Sundays or, you know, when it's convenient, I want to follow you through my work, through my job, through whatever that looks like. You know, at the time I wanted to be kind of a a service, uh, I wanted to have a service oriented job, like a doctor, even a veterinarian, I, I really like animals. So I just wanted to help people and in and, and whatever way that looked like or animals, just just to help to heal, um, to to walk with people. And so uh, that was kind of the route I took. And then when I started to take my faith more seriously and walk with him, um, I felt a pull for God to, to, to turn me into not a doctor of the body, but a doctor of the soul. And so it was that kind of idea in mind of, of serving people and helping people spiritually that then led into a call to full-time ministry. And from there, I gave, you know, God some options. And I said, God, I'll, I'll be an evangelist. I'll be, what else did I say? I'll be a, I'll be a, a teacher, you know, a professor a, a teaching Bible studies and that kind of stuff. Uh, but but there's two things I don't really want to do. I don't want to be a missionary because, <laughs> I mean, that means I'll have to go to Africa and then I'll have to live in a very, you know, a hut and it'll be very difficult. I won't, you know, I won't have the basics of life that I really need, like fast food and, you know, <laughs> internet, television, right, those right. kind of things. And so so I said, God, I, I don't really want to be a missionary. And then the other thing I said I wasn't going to do is become a pastor because, uh, while I didn't have anyone in my family that was a pastor, I kind of saw pastors do a lot of work for, for in their church, and they don't really have they don't really have a days off. Like their <laughs> Sabbath is the day they work the hardest. So I was kind of like, that seems like a little too much pressure. I don't really want to do that. So I, get, I said, God, I would do anything except be a pastor and missionary. And it wasn't a couple years later after He'd worked on my heart that it just was like, I'm going to be a pastor and a missionary. <laughs> And it was just, I didn't look back from there, but it was very much, you know, it was very much a kind of a Gideon moment where I was like, God, can you, you really want to use me? I Mm. can I really do this? And, you know, I put out my fleeces and I (laughs) tested them. but pretty much what it came down to. That was the initiation. God told me what to do. And so I did it. And then from there I discovered that he had given me uh, a desire to connect with the international body of Christ and to walk with them and to reach lives and souls throughout the world, not just in, you know, I grew up in West Virginia in a little town of Grafton, 7,000 people, and I wanted to see the world. And God used that desire to want to see the world to also share Christ with the world. And, you know, from there, my perspective, my attitude, my desire to experience other cultures just grew and grew and grew until now. I can't imagine just I mean, no offense to those who have lived in the United States their whole lives or never traveled anywhere, but I can't imagine just living in any and just living in the the U.S. and just staying there forever. <laughs> I need I need that international church family to interact with every, you know, every moment. So that's that's pretty much where where it all arose out of.
0: Man, so. man, that is that is a beautiful testimony. Um, and, and at the same time, the willingness to take the risk and to step out and say okay God (laughs) I'm going to actually step out and do what I feel the pull the unction the call to do Um, so often you know I was telling somebody the other day um, it's like you know you've taken a call to go to Brazil a lot of people won't take the call to go around the block
1: (laughs) you know know, let alone go to (laughs) another
0: let alone go to another country And so um, it's just amazing. I know even in my life, um, I've radically reorientated my life to be able to serve God, you know, leaving, you know, um, good jobs, you know, to, you know, sacrifice to study the word and evangelize and uh, counsel and preach. And like you said, you know. Being a pastor um, if you you know, look on TV looks glamorous, but it does
1: the, it does the, the reality real like everybody looking at you <laughs> right you, know, you blessing the people right. it's like, but man, the, they have it so good. But
0: the reality is no, if you're really doing this for the cause of Christ, um, there's a whole lot of time that people don't see you that you're doing exactly. the most significant work. You yeah. know,
1: and you sit, you sit <laughs> on a mountain by yourself, kind of like Elijah, and you have these. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it during the, the time of the pandemic last year, and during COVID, where there were a variety of mega church pastors who commit suicide, who who had to, who got fired, who quit. I mean, it, right? Shut down the churches. And, and yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I totally, I totally get that, and it, and it really, you know, just to give you an update for those who didn't, you know, you already mentioned that we are missionaries in Brazil. And I think you'd mentioned that earlier, but yeah, God didn't call me to go to Africa though. I want to take, (laughs) I want to take mission groups and I do want to go to like Mozambique places where they speak Portuguese, like they do here in Brazil. And so there's a great opportunity to do that eventually once things, you know, the vaccine gets spread a little more around, uh, different continents and, uh, that's. That's definitely something that that's kind of tripped up kind of my focus, which we'll get into later, I'm sure, but yeah, but yeah, just that that idea of you know being a missionary wherever and I know that I knew that you know that always comes up uh, it' it's it's a matter of an attitude. it's not just a matter of a place and you know my father-in-law likes to say if you can't be if you can't be a you can't be a missionary in China before you're a missionary. In, in your neck of the woods, like in the corner, and and it works better in Portuguese because he says, "People said now, ser um 'Um missionário na China, sem um missionário na which mm. is pretty much it, it's more of a, a, a rhyme, you know? Yeah, like you can't be a missionary in China without being a missionary on the corner.
0: Amen. And, uh, Amen. Just
1: reaching out to people where you are, you know that that was something that you know I used to be a server at Applebee's, and within a month or two. I realized that God wanted me to be a pastor at Applebee's and to walk alongside the people. Some of them were Christian, many of them weren't, but I just invested and poured into their lives and allowed him to use me to speak life, to speak truth to their, to their lives and encourage them and show them that, you know, sure. I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, but I'm just like them. I have struggles. I have, I have troubles. I have difficulties in life, just like them, except I, I have somebody who's got my back and I want, I want them to know that, He's got their back, too, if they'll
0: trust him. So. Amen. And, that you know, yep. and I share the same type of story. Um, our, our church came out of me handing out water bottles in front of my apartment complex, you know, yeah, just serving. Awesome. Yeah, just serving people and asking them, do they want prayer, you know, and eventually getting to the opportunity. Well, do you know who Jesus is and do you know what he's done for us? You know, uh, but yeah. just starting out by just making contact with people. And hoping for that opening, you know, to be able to share the gospel with them. Um, A lot of uh, the membership of our church came from me working on a job, but me treating that job as my mission field. You know, uh, I'm not there just to collect a paycheck. I'm a Christian first. And as a Christian, I'm on a mission to fulfill what Jesus died for. And that's for the saving of mankind. He came to seek and save the lost. And so being gospel guided you know, in, yeah. um, the way that we live. It, it, that's something that I, I wish we could just capture as believers. Like you said, so often we're just going to church. Um, yeah. we're just, uh, being Christians, but to be a Christian is to be Christ. Like is to mm-hmm. follow in his footsteps and he came for a very specific purpose. And so in that specific purpose, there's going to be challenges. Right. And so we're going to have to deal with those challenges. And so in being a missionary uh, and being in a different context, what are some of the challenges that you face? You know, first of all, let me let me let me ask this. How has the pandemic affected you? And then we'll go into some of the the, the regular challenges. But the the pandemic hit the whole world. So I just want to know how it affected you there where you are.
1: Oh, okay. So, yeah, your question has many layers. Because <laughs> right. You have the layer, uh, the layer of being a missionary. Yeah, challenges yeah. alone with that. And then you add on top of that, then the challenge of the pandemic. And and I think what's really great, especially, and I, I don't know if great's the right word. You don't want to use great with a pandemic or, <laughs> right. you know, what we went through last year, especially. But something that I think was very... I don't know it's very almost like worldwide humbling was the fact that yeah. we all got hit by the pandemic uh, pretty much at the same time like march april May. some some areas in february and january but for the most part by april the whole world yeah was in the same boat yeah and yeah. that's i mean that's unprecedented that's that's not something that you see very much in in history where the whole world is affected by something other than like a world war or something like that but even then you don't see it to the same like across the board like people losing family people getting sick it's spreading really fast and, and going on lockdown and everything and so that i think was such a a great opportunity and i think a lot of people did take advantage of that in a good way to to reach out to others to help others but man the challenges during that time so I've I've served in Brazil now for the past 9 years yeah. and the the way our ministry has worked has has kind of it's it's kind of had to go with where the need was yeah. it's it's changed and taken different forms we've been in a few different cities uh sometimes we've moved for personal reasons sometimes we've moved for ministry reasons or even for our kids' education um as they've gotten older I have a you know my wife and I Mindy and uh we have two kids Uh, Natasha and James, and they're, uh, I got to get this right, age, the age thing always trips me up, especially (laughs) the pandemic when a year felt like three years. Now it just feels like my kids are already teenagers. Uh, My son is is eight, he's going to be nine in October. So yeah, he's going to be nine. And then my daughter's 11. And, uh, and so like our most recent move was partially fueled by finding a good place for them to, you know, get an education for my wife to fulfill her call as a teacher. But anyways the, so back to the challenges the challenges of being a missionary and the challenges of facing it during the pandemic the, the greatest challenge is loneliness yeah. is solely as it is in portuguese just solitary confinement pretty much um being alone uh you already feel like you're a little alone because you're not 100% a part of each culture you know mm-hmm. we we live in brazil we have learned the language. We you know the language being Portuguese and we've been involved, but at the same time our home is like a, a mini US. We still have our practices that we had in the US. We we haven't acclimated to the point where we act like a Brazilian family, even though my even though my son is Brazilian, um and he was born here
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh like six months after we got here. Um, but the the challenge of being like a third culture family is really hard, um, because you don't belong hundred percent to either culture because wow. we live in Brazil, but we're clearly American. I mean, look at this face, <laughs> I know if you if listeners of the podcast can't see me, but I'm, I'm very light-skinned and just have that good old gringo look to me that every Brazilian recognizes. <laughs> and thankfully gringo here is not a negative term. Okay. Uh, it's very positive. They, they use it for all foreigners. Uh, who who kind of look like they don't belong, <laughs> even though Brazil is very much a melting pot and not as uh, not as uh, I guess Hispanic looking as people might imagine.
0: Right Okay. Uh, there's
1: a great variety of countries and nationalities and a great mix kind of like in the US. Um, but we're just not a part of either culture 100%. you know when we go back and visit the US, so many things happen and change and people are like, Oh yes, you're missionaries. You don't understand. <laughs> right. The, the, you know, it's clear. Like we just don't get it. You know, our kids, uh, they don't get all, you know, like my kids don't have all the privileges that American kids usually get with phones all the time or, or access to every single toy or things are a lot more expensive here. Um, and so there's like, just kind of that loneliness of not being a hundred percent connected to either culture, either any people group, other than our family, yeah. and that's that's about it. So that's the biggest, I think, challenge, and that's that's a challenge as a missionary and challenge with the pandemic. And just two, uh, the second thing is is just the ministry. Like our focus in ministry now is uh, short term mission trips. You know, whether that's Brazilians serving other Brazilians in other states and districts, or Americans or other countries uh, arriving to Brazil to help uh, build a church or serve. Uh, in in different capacities at different ministries or sending Brazilians out. I mean, during the pandemic, that's like, that's not been possible up until, you know, people started getting vaccined earlier this year. We're starting to get some of those barriers and limitations lowered. Uh, And so we hope in the second half of the year and definitely in 2022, we'll start to get back to that kind of stuff. But it's been a huge challenge in that regard when your ministry is focused on people traveling and going internationally to other places. And that's just not possible. Yeah. So, yeah, those are some of the challenges personally and in the ministry that we that we face.
0: Well, those are some real challenges. And, you know, I think the major thing is so those challenges, how do they affect your family? You know, you've got, you know, children, a wife. How does being a missionary, how does this affect your family? Are they just oh, we're on board or are there moments where it's difficult, you know? I mean, because even just living here in the U.S., raising a family as a pastor, there were moments where I had to slow down and make sure that my family was okay with yeah. how much I was giving to this particular ministry. So I, yeah. I imagine it's the same way with you.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. And I know you, you understand as a dad, like at some point your kids are like, why are we doing this? Like, why Why is this the the way? We should do it this way. Like they, they're – it's kind of like uh, – it's kind of like at some point as a parent, you turn into like the help desk and it's like they, they think there's this box in front of you. It's like, oh, take suggestion box here. Write your suggestion here. Stick it in the box. My right. father-in-law has a he has a he has a, a prop, a fake grenade, uh, and it has attached to it a number. And then below it and a little sign, it says for any complaints, take a number. <laughs> and it's attached to the pin of the pen. grenade. Yeah, pretty much just saying, hey. Uh, we don't need your complaints here. Thank you very much. And But you face that, you know, and I, I think parents face that in every practice we choose, you know, when our kids don't have a choice and, you know, what they do and what they wear, where they go sometimes. And of course, as they get older, you give them some freedom. But right now my kids can't go wherever they oh, want. Like, yeah, they, they're they with us. And so dealing with that, um, that challenge that, that Mindy and I, my wife, we've, we felt a call. We we dealt with the struggles of, you know, is it, is this really what God wants? Is can I do this? You know, through His strength, and we went through that whole process. But our kids, they didn't really get to go through that process. Right, like, they're here. Right. They're they're here against their will. And at the beginning, it's kind of like, well, this is just my life. I'm going to get used to it. And you know, uh, I know for my daughter, she was two when we got here, and and she, out of all of us, had the worst culture shock because she spoke. Really well for a two-year-old. You know, I know every parent says that about their two-year-old. They, they, they speak really well. They read they're already reading, you know, War and Peace and, and novels and wow. you know, but, like you know, but 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 she couldn't communicate. Like we were going to churches where very few people spoke English. Um, my wife and her parents who lived with us at the time for the first couple of years, they were missionaries and retired, but they all spoke Spanish, which is very much related to Portuguese. So there was some crossover where it was very quick for some of them to learn the language. But for myself, uh, I knew I learned Spanish, but picking up a new language, a third Uh language was very difficult. And for my daughter, it was like, what is happening? (laughs) And she was very, very distraught, very She struggled a lot. She cried a lot. Um, I had to pretty much go to Sunday school with her and just sit in the corner to assure her that it was okay. It's going to be all right. You don't understand (laughs) everything, but just listen, you're going to get there. Wow. And, you know, thankfully God sent us some, some uh, Brazilians who spoke English and they were able to kind of be that bridge for my kids. But eventually as they've gotten older, the practice of missions of living away from their family, that's probably uh, one of the biggest challenges is living away from our family. We have what Brazilians would say in Portuguese for our family. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like a, a degree of missing someone and, and also just conveying the pain of, of not being like a longing for, for being in the presence of someone, and so these saldajis have grown stronger. This this feeling of missing their family has grown stronger as they've gotten older. Thankfully, my my wife's parents, my in-laws, they come to visit us every year for about a month or month or month and a half, wow. um, and that helps a lot. Um, and then usually once every two years we visit the U.S. But but that's been the the greatest impact on our family. I grew up. I don't know about you, but I grew up like being around family all the time, yeah. like visiting yeah. for holidays, yeah. traveling to, I, you know, I grew up in West Virginia, went to Ohio to visit family. And so family was really important and it still is, but it just has to take a different form. And so we use Zoom, we use FaceTime, we use WhatsApp, whatever it takes to communicate with our family, which is a huge blessing. But I'd say that's the biggest challenge is just being away from family and the language, of course, uh, the language barrier, and just helping my kids realize, you know, they have a calling to be missionary too. And helping them kind of work through that
0: yeah i i think that is a huge point um growing up at you know my my kids growing up in a pastor's house it just felt like they're swept along with whatever we're doing and having to have those conversations with them and help them process this and you know even deal with moments where we're we're doing something as a family and they're like well why do we have to do this you know and (laughs) Yeah. You know, and now seeing them as adults, you your your kids are still young, but now my kids are adults and seeing them do, you know, campus ministries and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, yeah. they, they, they they came through it and they realized their calling. They realized that they, they as a Christian, they had a responsibility to go out and make disciples. And so right. that that was powerful for me. Um, because
1: yeah, that's beautiful. A lot of
0: times, people Great. people's children leave their house, and they are done with church, oh, yeah. with Christianity, or at thrill. least, or at least for a season. They're like, yeah. I gotta go live. <laughs> you know, I've yeah. been. But we tried not to do that. Like you said, we tried to give them freedom. We tried to, you know, connect with them on the on the things that they were doing, so that they didn't just feel like they're. Uh, The way we say we would say it to people is that we learn to insulate our children, not isolate our children, you know, um, because they got to go out into the world. So we want to teach you and train you and help you. And when you come back, we want to have those conversations with what you saw, what you think, uh, you know, because that way you're learning how to process so that when you're out there on your own, you can have these conversations. You can make sense of it. And I think so often it's just do what I say. You know, this is just the way it is because that's what God says. Yeah. You know, right. the Bible says this, so do it. And I've just never been—I've um, never been a person that really subscribes to that. Like, let's have oh, a conversation. Definitely. Let's reason yeah. together because I actually yeah. want to win their soul. You know, exactly. <laughs> they, they're yeah, the, I mean, that's, they're,
1: our, that's our greatest ministry. That's our greatest ever.
0: ministry. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what I look exactly. like winning everybody else's soul and my kids be lost, you know. Yeah. So
1: and that's something that uh, that my wife struggled with. You know, she she felt a call to missions before we even met each other. You know, we both thankfully we, we both struggled and went through kind of that process of of realizing that God was calling us to be missionaries before we even met. Yeah. So it wasn't a matter of, "Oh, you have a call to missions?" Sure, me too. Uh, <laughs> it was a it was something that happened on our own, but but she struggled for that very reason because she grew up in a family that was die-hard missionary and you know that that they served their heart out to the people that they served in in different parts of Latin America in Mexico, Ecuador, Costa Rica. But there were times where she felt like it was at the sacrifice of their family yeah. at the sacrifice of their relationship or or you know uh kind of like this unsaid competition or or it kind of imbalanced and she didn't want her kids to struggle with that and she didn't want them to go through the same struggles that we she went through as you know being a missionary kid and so that was something that god definitely helped us to work through and helped us to get through uh but even now i mean it's it's the same thing and, and honestly you know, probably uh, six months, a year before the pandemic, I was I was going through the round of you know mission trips and projects where Americans were coming and we were going places. And my daughter, who's who's I think was nine at the time, was like, "Daddy, can I go? Can I be a part?" Mm. I'm like, "You're not quite old enough." Right. But you know what? Next year, and then the pandemic hit, and it's like, "Oh, oh well, you got another year or two oh, and So man. I hope I still hit that window of when you know they're eager to be a part and. And for the most part, my kids are, uh, I'm so thankful that they are, they're eager to serve, eager to be a part, participate. Yeah. You know, there are typical kids, you know, especially right, 21st right. century kids that want to, you know, play on their screens and want to, you know, and do that. But they love to play outside, you know, when we're doing dishes, they're like, Hey, can I help you? Can I wash? Can I dry? Whatever. Wow. And, uh, and that's the kind of attitude we hope to, to build in mini- in missions and ministry when we can have a little more freedom, uh, to go out there and. That they'll participate with us and translate for us, and uh, just overall kind of catch that fire of sharing Christ and and walking alongside others of other cultures. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's very
1: exciting, I, I, but I, it's also very it's very tar- hard sometimes.
0: Yeah, I, I, and I, I would agree. And like you said, now looking looking back, you know, you, you think, man, did I do that right? Did I do that? You know, and so yeah. there's going to yeah. be those moments. Is there going to be counseling? Is yeah. Is, be, it, yes. like, is there going to be
1: counseling about this? Yes, yes, yeah.
0: yes. You know, so, but, you know, the Lord has graced us for our kids to turn out, you know, well, um, Christ-centered, um, grounded yeah. in their own faith, their own walk with God, not that's their crazy. parents' God, but their God, yeah. you know, and, and that's a beautiful thing. So think along those lines In in Brazil where you are. What type of encounters have you had with other faiths, religions, belief systems? There's got to be a myriad of, of of different beliefs out there, just like here in right. America. But, you know, they're in, in a, a Latin Latin American world, I guess, <laughs> you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's so for the most part in Latin America, uh, the the population of uh, Catholics and the—I guess the—the—I'm trying to think of the word. I'm, I'm lost on the word in Portuguese and English. But <laughs>
2: but the,
1: the culture of Catholicism, like traditional Catholics, uh, mm-hmm. that has permeated the the culture of of Latin America in general. Right. Um, that there is a large a large group of Catholics, and and for the most part, I personally have have always. I have great friends. Yeah, I have family absolutely. who are Catholics. You know, all who, you know, believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives. And, of course, that, you know, how they practice that, how they do, you know, their Saturday mass versus my Sunday service or Wednesday service, you know, different different ways that we pray and do other things. It's different, of course, but yeah. for the most part, there's no disconnect because we have Christ in common. But in in Brazil and in a lot of Latin America, Catholicism has taken more of an idolatrous route, more of a uh, worshiping uh, saints mm. and kind of taking what they were taught and uh, taking it too far, you know. And so, um, one of the first things that I discovered in Brazil is that uh, the the Catholic versus Protestant uh, mm. Christianity yeah. is is much more um, <laughs> black and white, or it's just much different than it is in the U.S. Right like, um, here, it's very much they're seen as as pretty much. Idol- idolaters like people who worship they're not even seen as christians a lot of times which is kind of hard because we had you know in one of our groups we had a catholic who was on a mission trip from the u.s from california and she came and it it kind of broke her heart to see how that relationship between the protestant and catholic church was so i don't want to say volatile but it was just kind of like oh they don't they don't know jesus right, right? they worshiping yeah. what's that
0: oppositional yeah
1: yeah, they're very oppositional. And so it was really hard to kind of just kind of witness that. And it's been it's it's been a good stretch of faith to to encourage uh, the Brazilians to maybe see how they do still have Christ in common and to let that be an anchor as opposed yeah. to. But they but they have these statues and they have these things that are, you know, and it's right. really hard to, <laughs> to work around that. But. At the same time, it's a, it's a process, and I think that the Catholic Church, even here in Brazil, is modernizing more, kind of like in the U.S., where it's become more contemporary, and people don't uh, focus so much on some of the things that can be abused uh, in 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 the Catholic you know practice and uh, Catholic faith. But uh, other than that, uh, there is a, a a very large population of of Pentecostal of of Spiritists of of people who are much more Emotionally, spiritually driven, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Mm-hmm. And that takes good form sometimes where you, you know, you encounter some Christians who are the warmest, friendliest yeah. people you will ever meet. They are passionate mm-hmm. about their faith. They are passionate about Christ. And they will, they will not, they're, they have no fear. And no fear of sharing, <laughs> right. no fear right. of engaging with other people. There's no like, let's, uh, let's just have a nice little conversation. They're like, man, I love Christ and I love you. And, <laughs> right, and right, right. And, and that kind of passion, that kind of uh, approach can be very good, but then all other times it can be very bad. We have, you know, there we I've run into uh, I've run into demon-possessed people. Um, there was one time in Rio, actually when I was in college, one of my first mission trips to Brazil. Uh, actually, my first mission trip to Brazil, uh, we were walking along the streets of Rio, and we ran into a woman who said she was a reincarnated uh, concubine of David. Like she... Oh. She said, I was there when I was one of David's concubines. She was just, and she. this is the thing is that she was, uh, she was homeless. She she did not have a home. She did not have a, and she was walking the streets speaking in perfect English. Wow. And when we offered to pray with her, uh, we were all just college students at the time. So we weren't really sure about how to approach things and how to approach spiritual warfare, especially, but we could tell immediately that she was not in her right mind, that she was, she had some kind of spiritual power, I, I had a hold of her life. And wow. uh, and and she was very much like, when we would talk about praying, when we would talk about Jesus, she would be like, mm, no. Like she was very, wow. very standoffish. But uh, later on, uh, you know, nothing really came of that, unfortunately, because we didn't have any strong leadership with us. So we just were kind of like, well, we're gonna pray for you <laughs> and we moved on. But then later on, you know, while I was serving here in Brazil again, um, we actually had a, a member of our church whose mom had practiced, uh, spiritism and had like little, I guess, little, like a necklace that was supposedly spiritually charged to mm. help her, you know, give her good luck and bless her family and stuff. And, and through that, she kind of opened herself up to some things. And, uh, she had pretty much, uh, a, a demon had manifested itself in, in one of the, Uh, Encounters that the pastor and some people of the church had with her. And so uh, like a week later, we had a prayer meeting where we pretty much exercised the demon. Wow. Wow. I mean, I heard her yelling and screaming in ways that (laughs) that was not the woman talking. Like it was it was it was crazy. And yet at the same time, it was such a spiritual moment where you just you know, it's only by the power of God that you're able to do what you're doing and to really help that lady and to free her help free her through the power of Christ through, through his spirit, uh, to, to, to free her of that, to be a part of that was a privilege and, and a powerful moment. Um, and so those are some of the things that, you know, we've run into, uh, outside of that, just, you know, running into people that, you know, are, are kind of like, just like Americans, like they love to buy stuff. They love to live that kind of, um, trying to think of the uh the word that uh uh just pretty much where you live by material gain and yeah that's all that really matters Yeah, it's, uh what you what you get and what you buy and what you have and this uh, kind of outlook in life is is a religion in and of itself and so there's a lot of that where we live in in sao paulo uh, brazil and so dealing with all that you have a wide variety uh here in brazil but just to share a few of the things
0: do, do you ever um do you ever think about coming back, um, into the States? Uh, cause I know you, you, you talked about, man, you, you've gotta be moving and, but do you ever think, Hey, well, I might come back there for a couple of years and live and, you know, do mission trips from there. Do you ever think about coming back, um, into the States?
1: Um, outside of visiting, it's not something that, uh, we think about too much. Mm-hmm. I know there are times, like I said, where our kids have been kind of working through their own call to missions and their own desire to, to be here with us. And then also to be with their family in the U S um, there have been times where I've been like, God, can we just,
2: <laughs> we, I don't know,
1: take a break and live in the U S for a little while to help, right. help my kids kind of realize, you know, cause it, there's one thing that, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, uh, regardless of where you live, depending on your personality and, and things you'll always be looking to a better circumstance. Yeah. And so that's kind of, I think sometimes it happens with our kids are like oh, the, the U S has Krispy Kreme donuts and, has, right. you know, <laughs> and they have all these things that we don't have in Brazil and right. Family right. And, and I'm like, yeah, but you go there and you're going to go to a school and I tell you, the, the, the US culture of schools right now is not the same as what is what you're used to and it's really hard and really difficult. It's nowhere near what it was when I was a kid. Yeah. And so that's not something I'm I i do wanna isolate my kids from, like we've talked about, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna isolate them from those kind of experiences. I want them to face the trials and the struggles and and not just hide from, you know, difficult circumstances, but at the same time I wanna I wanna help build them up and help prepare them for the world. Uh, later on but there are times when we we think about you know when god would call us back and that that's pretty much what it revolves around is where does god want us yeah and yeah you know pretty much when brazilians always ask us why why are you in brazil right you're American. Right. you can live and you can live in orlando and go to disney world every week oh man you know <laughs> you can live in hollywood and new york city i mean you have so many options why would you come here and we're like this is where God wants us. And until God tells us to go somewhere else, to live somewhere else, this is where we're going to be. And so uh, we have we have that that desire to just be where, where God wants us to be, and you to, know, and walk alongside the Brazilian people.
0: If, if we have more time, I would really unpack that because that is the crux of, to me, uh, Christian living is that. I want to be where God wants me to be. You know, I want to be where he's called me. So often we're making decisions on where we would like to be based upon climate, based upon how much money I can make there based upon who's there instead of, is this where God wants me? And that's a struggle, especially here in, in the, in the U S and in the States. And, you know, uh, because Everything is about material materialism, comfort, convenience, you know, um, going after your best life now. Right. (laughs) You know, those kind of things. And if you're driven by that, man, I mean, going where God wants you to go may seem almost offensive. Like, God, why would you want me to go there? You know, and I don't want to go too deep into it. But uh, I always think about the story of the young rich man. In in Luke's gospel. And he says, you know, I've kept the commandments. I've done this. I've done that. So what do I need to do to get eternal life? And Jesus says to him, wow, you've done a great job. I love you. There's just one thing I'm going to ask you to do. (laughs) And it's going to be sell all of that. Sell all of that stuff. Give the money to the poor and then follow me. Come on. Come with me. Yeah. And the man walks away sad. And I feel like that's how most people are. Is that? Wait a minute! I can't just have my high moral standard and keep all my, you know, because even I
1: go to church every
0: Sunday Sunday and I and I give and I do. And and Peter said, "But but Lord, what about us? We gave up everything." He's looking at that guy, keep his stuff and walk away, and he's like, "We gave up everything." Do you ever feel? uh, Maybe you don't because. And and it's kind of a bunny trail, and then I'll get back on track. But do you ever feel yeah. like, wow, God, why do why do we have to give up so much? <sighs> and these other people get to be Christians and keep all their stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, honestly, I've I've gone through <laughs> that with the pandemic and COVID. Because like we talked about last year, we were all on the same page. Well, guess what? This is a new year, and the U.S. is approaching fifty percent vaccination. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, You're like, you're like, I don't know, throwing it like a Memorial Day parade, the candy they throw in a memorial, like a parade, like throwing vaccines at people 12 12 years and up. I mean, that's crazy to me. Uh, We just now, I think, finished with people 60 and above, Mm.
2: you know, other
1: than, other than like necessary people. So the process of, of kind of that, that imbalance of not kind of progressing with the vaccine, getting to the point where we can open things up safely and responsibly again has been super frustrating. I mean, looking at the U S and looking at all the people that are like, Hey, we don't have to wear masks anymore. we can right. Go anywhere." right. We right, right. <laughs> got enough people vaccinated, herd immunity, all that jazz. And seeing here still like trying to stay at home, still being told by, you know, our American leadership, uh, Hey, don't still can't travel. You know, if you need to go somewhere, you need to get approval and wow. just all these hoops and all these challenges. Um, this is kind of like, why, why is this so hard? Like, why, why is it so imbalanced? And I mean, there's, we could make another podcast about, you know, another podcast episode talking about like how the world works and how, you know, you know, U.S. privilege versus, you know, international, you know, right. just kind of perspective <laughs> and, and imbalances across the world. Um, and that's something that, you know, it's, it's beyond even it, what we can even do or talk about, you know, we're, we're not even you know and, and 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 in living the the missionary life here in brazil i mean we still have we have still have our comforts i mean we still you know one of my favorite pastimes to do with the kids is watch disney plus like watch our <laughs> right, show, disney shows right and, right, right. You know, during the pandemic we started doing a, a rating and watching of all the disney movies from uh from snow white from the beginning and doing wow, wow. And, you know as as things have gotten busier and life has kind of gotten a little more back to normal, even though we, we mostly try to stay at home. We've, we've, uh, we've not done as much this year as we did last year, watched as much, but at the same time, like we, you know, we, we enjoy a lot of things that Americans do. It's just, uh, I don't know. That's not our main like focus. That's not our world being missionaries and, and like, you know, uh, uh, interacting with the people around us and walking alongside others. That's, that's what it's all about and we're doing it in a missionary context but it's not unique to being a missionary or even being a pastor it's right it's everybody and we everybody who follows christ we're called to then walk alongside someone else just like christ walks alongside us so that's uh that's that's something that that doesn't change and is not something that that that, i guess since that's the focus i don't really worry about right right i don't sweat the small stuff i don't sweat the things that you know, it's not fair. It's not, Oh, why didn't, why, why do I have to <laughs> right, give up this or give right, up that? Right, right. Um, there's always a, you know, and I think, I think the rich young man, he would have found this out if he would have given up that what he received yeah. in return would have been so much greater Yeah, and so much. So, so worth it, but he didn't give it a chance. Like, you know, there's, I think it's Psalm. It's either Psalm. I've, I, I caught myself off guard, so I'm probably going to misquote this, but it's either Psalm 34, 6, or Psalm 35, something, but it's taste and see yes. that the Lord is good.
0: Psalm 34, and, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorite Psalm verses, just because it's the idea. I like. I love food, for one. Brazil <laughs> okay. has great food, by great the way. We have influences of German, of Japanese, of Italian, yeah. Uh, yeah. and so we have. Really great pizza, really great sushi—like you know, a lot of things you have in the U.S. But it's just different enough to where it—it it gives kind of a—I uh, don't know, just a different type of flavor. Uh, but I love food, and you know, with our kids, when they're especially when they're younger, like young, young, trying stuff for the first time, we said you have to try everything, you have to give everything a chance.
2: <laughs> and I think
1: one of the problems we face with people is that they have these preconceived notions of who Jesus is, of what it means to be a Christian, and they've never actually tasted they've Mm. never given him a chance wow and i've encountered people where i've said the challenge i've given them is just give god a week give Mm. jesus a a week read the bible for a week see what happens and if and if jesus doesn't meet you where you are you don't have to go to church you don't have to follow the ten commandments just read the life of jesus read his words and pray to him like just talking to the void for a week see what happens and and i truly believe taste and see that the Lord is good that when we taste when we try when we give God a chance he will answer and he will he will do his his part of the deal and uh he he's never failed us yet amen so, amen that's something amen. that I that I hold on to and,
0: well uh, I, i'm going we to others to do that too yeah man that is beautiful sorry uh, to preach no um, no 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 <laughs> no i i you know as you were talking you know i have um Lately I've been really focusing on the gospel and trying to be biblical with the gospel because I I feel like and and I think we'll we'll kind of wrap put a bow on what we've been talking about here. Yeah. yeah. is that the gospel in your context I think has a more biblical pure flavor. Then sometimes what we get in the U.S. and and I've had to repent myself, and I'm gonna be honest of yeah. sharing this gospel that just fixes people's problems and not exposing the problem, you know, but giving them Jesus as the answer to the real problem. Here's what I mean by that, and then I'm gonna let you speak to this. Um, I can go ten for ten on a street corner. With the gospel of Jesus Christ, if I just listen to what their problem is and say, Jesus will fix that. So, oh, man, my marriage is so messed up and I just is well, give your life to Christ and he'll fix that. Oh, I just lost my job and this, this and this and give your life to Christ and he'll fix that. I can go 10 for 10. But am right. I really giving them the gospel? Am I really yeah. giving them the opportunity to try Jesus, as you said, or am I? giving them a version of Jesus that just helps them to keep what they have and use Jesus to get more right, you know, or, or fix what I have. I'm still going after my same aspirations of what I want in this world. And I'm just going to use Jesus to get it for our listeners. The gospel for in your context, what is the, what is the gospel for you? And I know I'm putting you on the spot, but when you share the gospel with someone, what do you mean by try Jesus versus, you know, what you might hear in an American context where try Jesus is let Jesus fix all your problems? You know, it, How how is it for you sharing it in a context where, you know, it's it's really about knowing Jesus, not about getting more stuff or fixing all your earthly problems, what do you mean by really try Jesus and come to know him? And I, and, and you'll know that you know him, like you were saying, taste and see that the Lord is good.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I recognized pretty quickly when we started to serve in Brazil is that, and this is, I think this is mostly true for a lot of Hispanics and Latin American people. Um, um, areas and people groups, and, et cetera, um, is that they are uh, they are relationally uh, driven. Uh, they're driven by the journey, not the destination, not the the goal, not the the task, um, which is very much an American mindset. Like you know, when you and I'm I'm like this. Like when I go on a trip, when I travel, it's like, well, I want to get to point. I want to get from. I'm at I'm at point A. I need to get to B. And as quickly, as soon as possible, I do that with traveling, with trips, you know, I turn that GPS on and I'm like, we're all holding it. Use a bottle, whatever you got to do, we're getting there as fast as possible. I'm going to beat the time that the GPS says. Yeah, that's me too. That's my goal. (laughs) That's me too. And that's, and that's true. When I go grocery shopping, I'm like, we have the list, we get what's on the list and we leave. If we, if we can go any, any longer, I am, I am done. I'm never shopping again. Like I, I can't do it. But we have that mindset in in our in our in our faith in in Christianity. We we want to get to heaven. We want to you know we like you said we want to have that problem solved. And Jesus didn't come to solve our problem. Mm. He did not come so that we could get out of jail free. So that we I mean that's a byproduct of, of what he did. Of right. course that's icing on the cake. But when it comes down to it, to me. Uh, the gospel that I've discovered through living in Brazil is because these people are so relational, the only way to truly uh, to truly help them to get it and to truly connect with them, to truly share the gospel and they latch onto and they walk with Christ is through relationship. And so at some point, uh, I, I remember I was reading uh, in John chapter, I think 15, 15 or 16, after Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, and he, he goes through that little talk where he's like, um, I chose you. You didn't choose me. I mm. chose you. And I no longer call you servants. I call you, you friends. friends. Mm. You know, that transition we we forget about and we we focus on being the servant on, oh, I got to give up this. I got to work hard. I got to do this and that. And, you know, just like what Jesus did with the disciples, he he kind of closed that gap. You know, yes, mm-hmm. I'm Lord and Savior. Yes, I'm, you know, I'm the Messiah, et cetera, of course. But you're my friend. And he just like closes that gap. And I think the gospel is all about closing that gap in relationship to where I'm not just a pastor and you're a a layman or whatever you want to, you know, I'm not just a Christian and you're a heathen. No, we're, (laughs) we're here. We're, we're together. And Jesus did that with his disciples. And we have to do that with, (laughs) with other people in regards to sharing the gospel of walking alongside of them. And, and it's just an invitation to, be in friendship with Jesus and each other and to walk alongside each other. You know, uh, I, to me, that's, that's what, what the gospels looked like over the past few years, being in a country where relationships are the drive for what they do. You know, they're, they're late. You know, the, the people of Brazil are, you know, they say something starts at eight. Well, guess what? It's start, actually going to start at nine, <laughs> but for that hour, that hour in between, we're all talking, we're all talking, we're all, yeah, we're yeah. all laughing together. You know, people are showing up whenever because they were already talking or meeting with someone in another place and it just went longer than planned and then they eventually get there. But but that kind of drive to be in relationship. And I think that that goes and I, and I think the U.S., that's something the U.S. can really, you know, Americans can really can be refreshing if you give it a chance, because, I mean, isolation, loneliness, that's one of the worst problems in the U.S. from what I, you know, have read and seen Um, with with rates of suicide, rates of depression increasing, that's only gonna decrease through relationships. Getting outside of yourself, getting outside of the things that just drag you down, your failures, your emotions, you know, connecting with others and pouring into the lives of others, emptying yourself. That's why Jesus called us to do that. So that's that's kind of sorry if that's a longer answer and then but that's that's kind of the, the the gospel. Um, that's developed in, in my ministry and, and through my relationship with Christ.
0: And, and, so. and I know I, I, not long, I think it was very descriptive. And it, it, it helps, I think, to know that that's the crux of what we're trying to do. We're not just trying to use Jesus to get the stuff that we already wanted. He actually is calling us into a relationship with him that begins now, and last through exactly. all eternity, you know, and yep. so this relationship is to supersede the the fulfillment that we seek after in earthly, worldly pleasures, because this relationship is going to last. And the people who we share the gospel with that become followers of Christ, that relationship is going to last. That's and so everything else is temporary. Everything else is going to fall by the wayside. And like you said, if that young man would have understood that he would have let go of that stuff and said, well, no, this relationship is going to be forever, whereas these things, I'm not going to be able to take them with me when I die and I leave here. So yeah. to hold on to them and reject Jesus actually makes no sense when you really understand what the gospel is really about. And so right. I, I, I think you know, I think there's a, a perfect answer. And so. Um, in closing, um, I would love for you to take a minute and um, pray for our listeners um, that they find that that relationship with Jesus, that they taste and see that the Lord is good and share that with other people um, so that. People will be saved, people, you know, because like you said, our world has been hit from all angles. So this is almost the perfect time, (laughs) you know. To say, hey, you see how crazy this world is? Don't put all your hope in this. Put your hope in Christ. So if you would pray for us, that would be awesome. Awesome. I would love to. Amen.
1: All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Um, I thank you so much for Jesus Christ, our Lord, Savior, and friend. I thank you, God, for uh, this opportunity to meet with Anthony God and to just truly talk about what it means to 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 trust in you to follow you um what it looks like to be a missionary whether it's in another country or in our own neighborhood um and god in this time i i really want to lift up anthony to you lift up the listeners who are with us right now and god just ask that you would um that you would reveal yourself to them if you haven't already and that they would take a moment to truly consider not just your existence, but but Lord, to consider your offer of friendship, of love, of grace in their lives. Um, God, we, we have all struggled and we have all had failures. We have all had times when we weren't sure if we were alone in the world or not, um, but you have promised time and time again and we thank you for those promises to walk through with us through the fire through the flood to forgive us you have told us time and time again through your word um, and through your holy spirit that you are god of mercy who desires mercy above sacrifice who wants to change our ashes um, into beauty and to wipe away our tears and so many Without tasting to see that you are good, and so Lord, I pray that in this moment, that someone who is listening, someone right now who is taking time to um, to pray, would talk to you, would listen to you, uh, would follow you, and be in relationship with you, whether it's just for a day, a week, um, a month, and beyond, or for all eternity. And God, I pray that you would continue to bless and guide, Uh, Anthony, his his ministry, his podcast, um, that you would continue to um, guide and direct us, whether in Brazil, the U.S., or other countries around the world, God, to walk with others, to to truly be your hands and feet, to be your voice of truth, um, and to just uh, love and care for the lost, to love and care for those who don't know you. Um, God, we have all been there and we have all um, we have all failed at times, um, but you didn't. And you brought true uh, success and victory, um, not just to your kingdom, but to all those who trust in you. And so God, I pray that you would help give us a taste of that victory uh, today. Lord, if there's any who are sick, if there are any who are facing a tough decision, God, I pray that you would give them wisdom That you would heal those with physical infirmities and um, Lord, that your will would be done in in our lives and that we would trust and follow you and whatever we need to give up, whatever we need to lay down and empty our hands. Uh, May we do that, God, right now in this moment. We thank you, God. We love you and we praise you for who you are, for what you've done, what you're doing and what you will continue to do in and through us uh, into eternity. In Jesus name, we pray all these things amen
0: amen um amen this has been um just a joy a pleasure uh to fellowship with you and um man we got to do this again and my my prayer and my hope is that if the lord is willing um we could actually somehow uh connect face to face whether you know, Brazil, I come to Brazil or you come back to the States on one of your visits or something like that, that we figure yep. this thing out. Uh, my daughter, um, when she heard I was doing an interview with a missionary from Brazil, she said, it's a place I've always wanted to go. I said, yep. so dad, if you can, <laughs> you can work <laughs> something out for us to take us a mission trip and, and get there. I want to go. So if you go, I'm going. And I said, well, if the Lord say the same, <laughs> we, yep. we, we will make that trip. Um, uh, I just, again, I just really appreciate um, having the opportunity to share with you on air. Um, man, this has been a blessing. Thank you so much.
1: <laughs> Equally, I, I truly appreciate, Anthony, you, you reaching out, not only for the sake of, of conversation and just sharing mutual encouragement, mutually encouraging each other, but you also taught me that, you know, I can communicate through Anchor and uh, different ways of using technology. I struggle. I still struggle with how to use Anchor, and how, to, how to connect. But but I, I appreciate you reaching out. And uh, it's, this has been a great privilege and pleasure to uh, to connect with you, your listeners and just to share, share this time. Uh, yeah.
0: Amen. Thank well, you. thank you all for listening. I remember love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor. As yourself, this is Anthony Wilson, your host of the Love That Neighbor podcast, signing off till next time. God bless you all. Uh, thank you again, uh, Lucas, for joining us. God bless.